Welcome to Pressing Buttons, a podcast about video games. In today's episode, Nick and I discuss the state of Unreal at GDC, new release dates, Gears Movie News, Final Fantasy 16 at PAX, and more. Enjoy the show. Hello, and welcome to Pressing Buttons. I'm Hugo. I'm Nick. Another great week, another great episode coming at you, episode 58, and we are rolling along. It's been a good week, man. Uh, Good week of weather, good week of hanging out. Uh, We got to see John. Lots of hanging out. Yeah, uh, week and wick, uh, because we got to see John Wick uh, this week, which we'll talk about at the end. Uh, Pretty good movie, pretty good movie, and uh, Resident Evil 4. So a good week and a week of force. Didn't we do something else, too? I can't remember. I guess it was game night. We well, we drank. Yeah. Oh, yeah, we played Fortnite, too. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, but those will be in our closing thoughts. Just a little, you know, little tease. And uh, we're just going to jump right into uh, some video game news because we don't have a lot of housekeeping, surprisingly. <laughs> no corrections issued. Um, first thing we want to talk about is the Unreal Editor for Fortnite. So at GDC that was going on uh, last week, I think it just finished up this weekend, uh, Unreal um, Engine 5 was showed off. Epic did a, a big showcase just showing off the future of what the Unreal Engine is doing. And they took the opportunity to announce the Unreal Editor for Fortnite, um, which is basically a new PC application dedicated to use the tools that people have in Fortnite and design and develop and do different things, which uh, we've always said, I think, that Fortnite over the years has gotten better. Um, even though it's still a cartoonish look, it's kind of evolved where it, it just looks great. Um, and they basically showed off a lot of uh, tech demos. They, they did a, a tech showcase for Senua Saga, Hellblade 2. I think I, made a, I might have said that wrong. It's close enough. And uh, Lords of the Fallen, as well as Infinite Simos, which is... Uh, so, Senua Saga Hellblade 2 is basically a, a sequel to Hellblade 1. Uh, it, it always looks great. I've never played the original game, so I don't know what's going on. But it does look good. Uh, Lords of the Fallen, obviously another sequel or, or remake uh, of The Lords of the Fallen, which was an original PS4 game I played, which was really enjoyable. That looks great to me. Um, it's very detailed. I think they did an uh, homage to Bloodborne because I believe one of the characters looked like the, the hunter from Bloodborne, so that was pretty cool. And Infinite Simals, which is uh, looks like a Bugs Life uh, type of game, just very unreal looking with, with very hardcore graphics. Um, that looked pretty cool. So they showed off those technical showcases that everything looked really great. Um, and as always, Epic just telling everybody that they, this is to continue to push to the metaverse. They've been one of the people at the forefront that keeps pushing the metaverse, I think. And I think that they're doing it well, as opposed to other companies like Facebook and, and such. I think they're, they're really making progress in terms of connecting all these IPs, different IPs together and uh, having people participate in it. Um, and then obviously, once the Unreal editor for Fortnite was out in the wild. A lot of people were able to create a lot of uh, a lot of things. People who had early access to it were able to show off some really cool demos. Um, and then I'm, I know a lot of creators were able to go in. They even remade uh, the early map of Fortnite, which uh, a lot of people really wanted that. I'm okay with, with every new uh, map that comes out, and I think they're doing a good job, but sometimes you want to live in the past, so you could just jump in on the, on the Fortnite map. 
what did you think of the showcase? Were you impressed by anything? Anything stand out to you? Yeah, no, I thought it was a great showcase. I always look forward to, I think it's called the the State of Unreal, uh, is what they call the the showcase. So, um, yeah, they always have really cool stuff. I uh, thought everything looked great. Uh, I think probably the, the, the big reveal was what they call UEFN, which is specifically like the Fortnite Unreal Engine editing tool and making that widely available. Uh, this is basically, they're, they're more like, user-generated content strategy for, for Fortnite. Uh, it looks awesome. Like I've seen some, you mentioned people wanting to, you know, basically rebuild the first, uh, the first map from, from Fortnite. I've seen a bunch of other stuff, like people are recreating like Mario Kart, uh, in the game. So there's, uh, I can't remember. I think it's one of the toad toad levels, but one of the more famous, like Mario Kart levels. So you can, and it looks, you know, it's not exact, but it looks pretty damn close uh, to, to the Mario Kart level. And instead of its carts, you're just riding, you know, whatever the motorcycle is. So, so yeah, I think it'll be it'll be really exciting to see what people are able to do with this. And I think for the same reason, Minecraft and Roblox have had so much staying power. Uh, it's because there's such, you know, it's basically like a platform with with tooling for lots of different people to be able to make their own experiences. So this is basically Fortnite getting, you know, more serious with that type of approach. So yeah, I think it's, I think that's going to be pretty awesome. But again, looking forward to what people are able to cook up with it. Um, I think it like probably in a, I mean, I think it's pretty easy to use. Like people are already creating some pretty cool stuff with it, but I think in the coming months, there's going to be some like, People are like, oh my God, like what, like what the hell you can build that inside of this? And then I think things will start taking off from there. So, yeah. And the cool thing is, I mean, there isn't a lot of um, video game experiences that let you be as creative as this. The only other one I can think of is uh, Dreams from Media Molecule, which lets you do a lot of things like these. But this is on a different level just because it is Unreal Engine and it's something that's widely used in the industry. Uh, the other big thing about this is, you know, people like to be creative and invent new things or, or just recreate things in, in other worlds. And Epic has been one of those uh, few developers that do like to collaborate with their creators. And also they have a big creator push. It makes up a lot of, of their revenue. Um, they are, I believe they said sharing a, a 40% of the revenue. 40, yeah. Yeah, 40% of the revenue with the creators. So. I think that kind of that's a big push for it as well, where it's gonna it's it's a big incentive to have people create these experiences for other people to to enjoy. Um, only the only bad bad thing, or I would say downside to this, I would say is a lot of uh, intellectual properties aren't necessarily gonna be okay with this. They're not like yeah, just make make stuff with with my uh, IPs in in the game or something like that. So I'm definitely that that bumps me out a little bit just because you know obviously people want to get paid no matter what if that wasn't there you, you could imagine anything from like Zelda and Unreal Engine like you said Mario uh Sonic uh, just a whole bunch of different stuff that that you could see people creating um but hopefully they they do it right and you know if anything just release it out on the internet somebody will download it and we don't have to talk about it <laughs> <laughs> that never happens though but yeah yeah, we'll see. We'll see. 
Uh, are you interested in anything specific like that that might be created with this or just you just because it did show off like a little demo of Fortnite, just looking more realistic. There was a mech in there as well. Um, I, I think that looked cool. It's a more realism take on Fortnite. I don't know if people necessarily need that just because, you know, you could just go play Call of Duty or something like that. Um, but it's experiments. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't really have anything specific. I think that's what's exciting, right, is by them creating this tool set for the entire world, I think uh, people come up with pretty innovative ways of, of leveraging the tool set. So I think it's more of a wait-and-see approach versus me trying to come up with you know, so, something specific. Uh, part of me, I'm not, and by no means a game developer, but part of me kind of wants to... Don't, I have messed around with Unreal Engine before, but part of me wants to specifically look into to UEFN and just mess around with it and, you know, not take it too seriously, but I think it might be fun just to experiment with and for my own intellectual curiosity, just, you know, come up with something. Well, we can't wait to see what the future holds and what people create. So uh, we'll, we'll keep an eye on it. And if anything newsworthy comes up, we'll definitely keep you guys updated on that. Uh, and then moving on, we wanted to, uh, bring up the news of the mercenaries uh, hitting Resident Evil 4. For those unfamiliar, uh, mercenaries was like a horde mode uh, game that they had for Resident Evil. It was an add-on uh, when it was originally released. They set a date for it. It's going to be out April 7th. You'll be able to play as different characters from the game and just do horde mode. Basically, uh, just run through, shoot some shit, try to beat the time, and uh, hopefully your, your name gets put on the record. Um we won't talk about it too much just because we did want to leave uh, some uh, ideas for Resident Evil 4 closing thoughts, but I think this is definitely good. It adds more replayability to the game. Um, the game's already great. It doesn't take that many hours to beat in terms of uh, length, just because I don't think any Resident Evil is super lengthy. It's just the, the tension that it builds and how you do everything kind of slower paced than, than other games. That's why they take longer, but um, with the game being uh, 16 to 20 hours to beat from, from what everybody's saying, I think this is a good addition to it. And the game itself does have a lot of replayability, so I'm glad that they brought this back. It people weren't too sure if they were going to do it, but they, they obviously uh, made a, a firm release date. So can't wait to, to play that and, and do some trials and see who's better, you or I. Yeah, and I think, I think at least with the original one, you had to actually beat beat the game to unlock mercenaries so i'm I'm guessing that's still going to be the case yeah i was reading yeah. it's about the same thing you gotta beat the okay, game okay. yeah so stuff. they have you know they they got they're basically giving everyone like a month or or a couple couple weeks to just play through the main game so i think they had some time uh but i think a lot of people were i, I mean i was surprised that they were rolling out so early because they haven't really mentioned anything around release timing so i thought that was great at least for me where I'll probably be wrapped up with the game. I'll definitely be done with the game by then, and then I'll have another reason to go back into it and, and play around with that. So that was a happy surprise. And it's definitely something to keep an eye out, because just besides Street Fighter Six coming out in June, uh, we don't really have anything slated. Uh, any big franchise is slated for the back half of the year for Capcom, so something to... to keep you entertained, I guess, a, a bit um, while you play Monster Hunter DLC and Street Fighter VI, and, and hopefully they announce some stuff during uh, the summer. All right, next bit of news is Spider-Man 2 release date. So 
if uh, you've been on the internet, if you've been on Twitter or any gaming websites, you were able to notice that Tony Todd, uh, known for playing Candyman and other horror uh, guys in, in, in movies, he is actually the voice of Venom uh, for the next Spider-Man uh, game. And he actually, I don't know, well, we don't know for sure that it's it's real, but it does seem to imply he did put out a tweet saying that there's going to be a big media push uh, for the game starting in August and that the game is going to be releasing uh, in September, which is kind of weird. Uh, I think they, they would want to start doing a big media push before, but it's Spider-Man. I don't think it really needs that much um, in how well the first game did. But uh, that's kind of exciting just to kind of get a, a firmer release date. Uh, we always knew it was going to be uh, around fall time um, and with the, the summer uh, keynotes and, and conventions coming up. I, I can definitely see that they're going to be showcasing it more. They did the same thing with the first one, it being such a, a great game from Insomniac and, and getting such a big par- uh, marketing push and doing so well. Uh, and, you know, from from remembering back how, how it got announced, the Sinister Six trailer where they showed all these uh, villains fighting spider-man and kind of beating him up and all that stuff it was a very hype trailer so i'm excited for this i'm excited for the marketing uh just to see how how they incorporated i know they they did a a good job of bringing a lot of obscure villains uh that people hadn't heard of um i'd never really heard of mr negative uh before um before spider-man one uh got released so i'm pretty sure they're gonna do the same thing for this one and obviously venom is uh one of my favorite uh marvel villains uh anti-heroes i would say so i'm excited to see how they use them and incorporate them especially because the game uh doesn't follow the same beats that the comics are following or the movies are following in terms of like venom and and harry osborne and, and stuff like that uh what do you think are you super excited i mean spider-man is you know one of your guys yeah, for sure. Uh, and also a big, big Venom fan. We are, we are the Venom brothers. When we're playing Fortnite, we both have the Venom skins. So we do really well with the Venom skins. Yeah, well, one, at least once. Uh, so yeah, super excited for the title. I did play. I played both uh, Spider Man and and Miles Morales. So I beat both of those games. Really enjoyed them. Uh, I don't. Know, I just find it odd. Like part of me doesn't. So he he tweeted this, and then he had like a follow up tweet where he was kind of like in a very playful way, being like, "Oh, I was jet lagged," and you know he was like in like underwater or something. So I, I don't know. So so it's like part of me is like maybe you know maybe there's some truth to it where they wanted to like involve him and maybe the voice cast with some of the promotion of the game, and that way they would kind of have an idea of of when the game's getting released, but. I, I don't know. I just feel like Sony is generally so protective of of these things that I'd be surprised that the like the voice cast would actually know specifics around launching a game. But you know, who knows? So there's there's part of me that almost like I'm just preparing myself for the game not coming out in September, but I still think it's going to be this year. And uh, I just imagine this was going to be their big holiday title. So. If it does come out in September, then I would need to I would just need to look look back to see what the what the release calendar looks like. But it's not off the top of my head, I don't remember like what other big title from PlayStation would potentially be like their holiday title then. Um maybe there is one, but I just can't think of it. But so we'll see. And but like this would be this would 
I would love that. I think in a somewhat recent episode, I was talking about how the, the, the middle of this year is like absolutely insane with game releases. And then Q3 was looking, there wasn't like a, a, a big game in Q3 that I necessarily was looking forward to. So this would basically solve that for sure. So, so uh, some, I'm, I was going to say, I think the time frame does add up. Uh, the first one did release in September. And then I know that uh, Miles Morales released sometime in December because they were doing like a big holiday push type it was thing. A, it was a Christmas game. Yeah, it was a Christmas game. So um, I can Just see like them. Just like Die Hard. <laughs> Just like Die Hard's a Christmas movie. Let's, let's, let's not get into it. Uh, <laughs> but uh, um, I think it, it's definitely the anniversary is coming up. Uh, it's, it would be uh, five years since the original since since marvel spider-man one so wouldn't be surprised if they kind of kept it close to that time but but like you did say you got to kind of take it with a grain of salt sony is usually tight-lipped they don't let a lot of stuff leak out or anything like that but uh e3 is coming up i'm sure they want to do some announcements there's been rumors that there's going to be a a big showcase a big summer showcase that they want to do so i wouldn't be surprised if this would like start it off Have, have they confirmed whether venom's a playable character no, pe- people are just speculating based on how they I, frame, frame the trailer. I mean, that's certainly how I was yeah. reading it between the lines based on the trailer, but I don't think they've definitively confirmed that, right? So with this one, I, I'm, I, I always hope that Venom's a playable character in whatever they release, but just from the the story uh, story wise, I think they're just probably gonna keep it to Peter and Miles uh, in terms of playable characters, just because they're trying to tell a different story, but. I am hoping you can kind of play as him, but it's it's not a Venom story. He's probably just going to be the used as the villain. I don't think. Uh, whereas, like you know, uh, did you play Ultimate, like the Ultimate Spider-Man uh, game and all that stuff? I don't think so. Yeah. So, so with that one, you you could play as Venom. You could switch over um, uh, between Peter Parker and and Eddie Brock and play as Venom. So that was that was pretty fun, you know, using Venom powers. But that you know, it it kind of demanded. It because it was that type of game where where you were fighting with and playing along Venom. So, yeah. but this one doesn't to me it doesn't look like it. But um, I'm uh, crossing my fingers. All right. Uh, next thing we want to talk about is video game movies. So with the big uh, push um, of video game movies into TVs and TV shows, uh, we get some word that the Dune screenwriter is going to be writing the Gears of War movie. Um, along with, uh, as we know, the director of Ghost of Tsushima is also the director of John Wick, which did pretty well at the box office. So there's been a very big push for video game movies. I know they've been uh, trying to make them good for, for the last couple of years, uh, and they have succeeded, I think. They, the quality definitely has stepped up, and I think that more has to do with the studios actually investing in it as opposed to seeing it as just like a money grab uh for gamers so it's good news to hear that the dune screenwriter is going to be uh penning the gears of war movie not that gears of war is some intellectual yeah like what, what material does he have to work with yeah like i but, feel like it's pretty lean on lore and world well, the, building yeah well you know the 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 insane boss battles and graphics and vfx is going to be for the gamers and then they want to add a little drama and stuff for the common folk if you know what i'm saying uh but i did see dune dune is pretty good i'm excited for the sequel i believe it comes out at the end of this year so high hopes for the gears of, uh, of war movie and hopefully they can nail the aesthetic of the game and the world with real actors without 
it looking cartoonishly horrible? I mean, I know we both said Dave Batista would be good, and he wants to play. Uh, ba- Batista said Batista. Yeah, he he wants to play uh, Simon Phoenix, but it's kind of like, do we really want to see a team of muscles on on the screen for real? For real? <laughs> that's what. That's what I, I, we were speculating. It's almost going to be like a kind of like an Expendables tight movie which i don't think that's the direction that a dune screenwriter would take it <laughs> so uh, i don't know uh we'll just have to see what it is but but he did uh because bautista is in the dune movie so if anything that kind of you know hey guys i wasn't yeah i wasn't precluding batista from being involved with it but i think we just kind of had this like expendables uh what's the <sighs> I'm ashamed I can't think of the name off the top of my head, but what's the uh, insect bug fighting? Uh, insect bug fighting? Yeah, yeah, yeah. What's the, what's the movie? You know what movie I'm talking about? Where they're shooting, they're shooting bugs. It's got a... You know oh, oh, you're talking about Starship Troopers. Starship Troopers, yeah. Come on, Yeah, I know. I'm embarrassed, but... Uh, I'm not editing that anyway. That's my, you know, I gotta, I gotta take that out. The yeah, Starship Troopers. Like to me, I think there was like, oh, is this gonna be kind of like Starship Troopers expand? But like, I just, I don't think it's going, gonna go down. That yeah, way. because Star, Starship Troopers. Fine, but again, that was just kind of what we were thinking yeah. when we first saw the announcement. Yeah, I think Starship Troopers was more about the propaganda of the military, whereas this is like trying to tell a serious story about these bugs that are underground and we're dormant and now they're out there <laughs> destroying the world so it is it's it's gonna be tough man but uh if it's good enough we might see in theaters if not we'll just watch it when it comes out streaming so we'll, we'll win either way <laughs> um all right next thing we want to talk about is the diablo 4 open beta uh we're just going to talk about impressions because we both have been kind of busy this weekend playing uh resident evil so we didn't get a chance to download it especially since it's the open beta and we also wanted to, since uh, Nick pointed out to me that we don't really carry anything over from the beta into the uh, full game, it really does. It's not worth it. And from what I'm hearing, a lot of people have been experiencing issues with uh, queue times, the game not loading, the game crashing. Uh, and Nick said uh, it's affecting some people's GPUs. So you know, it is a beta. So you know, uh, it, it, these things are expected. It's why you do the betas to iron out the issues and, and make sure that you have a smooth launch, even though I don't think they're going to have a smooth launch. But the game itself is fun. A lot of people have been saying uh, that it's going to be become very addictive. They're going to be one of playing it. It's the new game, I'm guessing, for a lot of people to just be constantly playing. I'm excited for it. Uh, the last one I played was 3. It That one took a while. I think it took a year before it actually became good and, and people were enjoying it. Um, but it's just another game, I feel like, where it will be good uh, co-op with with your friends and it's just looting, you know, you know me, I love me some looting. Uh, so I'm excited for it. We'll see the, the closer it gets. It is also releasing in a tight window where there's a lot of games that will be out that I'll also want to play. So uh, if it's good enough, it'll take my time. If not, I'll just put it away like Andy's toys. Uh, what about you? Have you uh, been inclined to play it even though you've been busy? Yeah, I think I made a comment that I was planning on on playing the open beta, but then I didn't realize how deep I was going to get into Resident Evil 4, so that pretty much took up all my gaming time over the weekend. 
uh yeah and then the other thing is the 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 progress not carrying over which for me it's almost kind of like what what's at least for me like i know some people are like oh my god i just can't wait to play any version of this and i need to play it immediately i just that wasn't my mindset so for me it was just okay i'll just i'll just wait until the full game releases and i heard i heard enough about people having technical issues that i just decided to skip it but uh but i did watch some some streams of it i did read some impressions of people who are more diehard blizzard slash diablo fans and it seems it seems pretty positive i think um you know, I think Blizzard has maybe had some some challenges with their audience and, and fan base. And I think the fan base was almost kind of conditioned to like want to hate the new installment. <laughs> but but so to me it kind of speaks a lot if like these people are, are generally providing positive impressions, even though they were probably like going into it like wanting to hate it. Um I think it says a lot. So um but yeah, I think for me it was just wait wait until the full game comes out, read some more impressions. If all looks good, I'll I'll probably you know dip into it. Uh, oh, the the other reason that I didn't kind of bother this weekend, as you were mentioning, uh, I think we have this on our short list as a big co op, you know, fun social game to play, and I just knew no one else was doing the open beta, so it's like it just would have been me dicking around with the game you know by myself and then none of the progress carrying over so i just so what's the point so but my hope is like we can get a get a group of people on and uh have a good time with it so emphasis on get a couple people on because uh <laughs> hopefully they have it patched up by by the time it comes out and we can actually get in the lobby and, and play the game and i know everybody like you said everybody's been giving a good opinions um there have been some negative stuff i think one of the things that i've been hearing is that on pc it's not going to have local co-op which i think it's more understandable on a on the pc side you who wants to sit next to somebody on a pc and play locally whereas on the console it's kind of easier because you're on the couch and and you have controllers um and then the other thing was that that i think on pc you have to kind of click everywhere um which i do a lot in league of legends but that's its own type of game and I've never been a fan of that. I would rather just use the directional stick and just move around with that. So, but they made it work in Diablo three. So I'm pretty sure uh, on consoles at least you'll be able to use a controller really well for Diablo four. Did you play Lost Ark with a controller? Yes. Okay. I don't yeah, use I, my mouse and keyboard, man. Yeah. Okay, okay. <laughs> no. Well, I think I think most diehard Diablo people are probably mouse and keyboard, but. Uh, yeah, I also don't really like that, like cl- clicking around way of things. And I was surprised by like a lot of the Twitch streams that I saw. People were using the controller. Like I have to imagine they're using a high-powered gaming PC, but they were still using a controller anyway. So I thought that was I thought that was interesting. So maybe I'll I'll give controller a whirl. Um, then yeah. that'll, that'll make me like the game more. I yeah, still, I think based off of the part three i think they did a good job translating everything okay i still like and i made the same comment with lost ark i just i hate that over the top isometric camera angle like i just like can't get into the world with that camera i don't, that's, I don't know that's funny because i i'm the total opposite like 
I like that that view. I like especially if if it's done well with which they did with Diablo three and Lost Ark. I think the combat was done well. The puzzles were done well. It does take a little bit getting used to when you see the perspective, but I think once you're acclimated to it, I I think it if it's done well, it, it works really well. Yeah. So I know I'm immensely preparing myself for it being another yet another game that I get into, and then after like ten hours, I'm like, okay, I still hate this camera, and I'm done with the game. Damn, hopefully you don't do that, because I did lap you in Lost Ark, and I was disappointed. Well, you were, yeah, you were, like, making fun of me for playing the game, and then you ended up playing it for, like, 200 hours or something insane, so. Oh, man. I think that that, that same thing is probably going to happen with Diablo, but. No, it'll, it'll be fun. We'll see. We'll okay. see. All right, next thing we wanted to bring up is uh, Final Fantasy 16 at PAX. Uh, so along with GDC, we also have PAX going on, PAX East out in Boston. Uh, we went to PAX West a, a year and a half ago, uh, almost two years ago, out in Seattle. Amazing experience. Um, they do have these panels. So Yoshi P is out there promoting the game, having these panel discussions about the game, showing off some gameplay videos, some uh, developer stuff. You know how it is. but the game is still looking great. Um, I know there's been a lot of discourse on the internet, especially because it's turned away so much from uh, um, turn-based combat to more of an action uh, action brawler RPG, uh, you, you would say, much like a lot of these new RPGs are, are, are coming out these days, like Nier and, um, and uh, what? Uh, ta- the Tales series and stuff like that. So... Uh, I'm 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 okay with that. I, I always like fresh new experiences, especially if it's such a classic uh, franchise as Final Fantasy. I think that's one of the strongest points of the franchise that every iteration of the games are a little bit different in terms of combat, in terms of gameplay, in terms of what the characters look like, what the world is. Um, and then with Yoshi P working so much on Final Fantasy 14 and kind of bringing that aesthetic to it and that combat and just refining it. Um, to a single-player experience. I think it's working really well, and I'm still liking what I'm seeing. I mean, the the world looks great. The characters look great. I can't wait to get my hands on it. Um, I am trying just to see as little as I can as possible just because I want to experience it really, really fresh. So, you know, I'm keeping away from it. What about you? Yeah, I'm basically doing the same where I'm not... It's not 100% media blackout, but it's... I'm trying to do the best I can. So I might have done exactly what you did, where I saw that there was a panel at PAX East and I got all excited and I started watching it. And then I tuned out of it because I was like, this is just, this is too much effort. Like, I already know I'm buying the game and there's just way, way too much stuff. Uh, so maybe if you were more on the fence about the game, that would have been good for you to, to check that out and see if it persuades you to, to get it. But for me i've i've already seen enough so uh so i took a glimpse there was a little bit of akon uh i think they revealed a little bit more about akon battles and how those could vary uh i i think people were questioning or potentially concerned by the akon battle that they showed a couple months ago about it being like a pretty simple you know quick time 
two moves. You have yeah, two yeah. moves. Like, oh my god, is that? And so I, I think they were like trying to address some of that feedback by showing a little bit more of the variety that's in the game. So, so I think that makes sense. I just, I, I didn't think that was going to be all the Acon battles were. So I didn't have that concern. So I didn't really watch too much of the Acon footage. And then I saw a little bit of the. Uh, they revealed more of the world, so there's a whole there's a specific trailer around revealing the world of the game, and it just it looks amazing. Uh, I think my only, based on the glimpse that I saw, my only potential concern was it's all just. I think for the most part, I just saw there's just empty worlds. You know, there are these huge, beautiful looking places, but it's just Clive walking. So it's like. Okay, like is there you know what's in there? I think I saw one one town that actually had people in it, and it looked more of like a town or a city, but everything else was just this like giant open space so so I hope it's not one of those situations where it's just these like giant levels that are vacant um well, also so. I think from from the previous games now that they have like all the monsters in the wild with you i think they wouldn't kind of go back to it and just have barren wastelands without anything happen i don't want to just see clive walking around yelling i'm walking here and that'd be the whole game and I, i'm actually interested in that game so <laughs> as long as it, as long as the soundbite is programmed to a button so i can just press the button whenever i want yeah and the monsters run away <laughs> no, no, but, <laughs> but it's 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 I'm looking build, good. You know what? That's the game I'm going to build in UEFM. That's going to be the I'm walking here game where I I would I would play that game. Yeah. No, but it's looking good, and uh, in a couple in a week will be uh, two months, two and a half months away from from it releasing. So it's coming up quick, and we will try to kind of stay away from from the media. There should be. I th- I'm probably going to play the demo. Uh, I hope there's some something, you know, carries over. Uh, whether that's just like the game checking if you have a save and or you have the game and you played it or the demo and you played it and you unlock something. So hopefully there's something that carries over, but uh, we'll see. But there should be a demo I think coming out about a month or so before uh, the launch date. So that's another thing to be on the lookout for. Yeah, man. Final Fantasy 16. It's one of our top games of the year that we're looking forward to. So can't wait to get our hands more on it. Oh, you know what? I, 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 I've forgotten this like 10 times at least in the year we've been doing this podcast. But uh, Final Fantasy 7 Rebirth is also coming out this year. How do you forget this? I every keep forgetting time? it. So I don't know. I just keep because I just like can't believe that there's two massive. Final, Final Fantasy, Fantasy games coming year. coming out oh. one year like that like just doesn't happen. So well, three if you count that um, the Final Fantasies, uh the Zach's what was the name of that one? Crisis Core. Uh, the Crisis Core that came out in December. Nah. Those are three big Final Fantasy games in one year. Yeah, I don't think Crisis Core is that. Just because it's a remake. I don't. Yeah, I don't think it's like a mainline. Uh, it was a cool game. Like I, I beat. I you know I enjoyed it, but I just don't feel like it's at the same. You know, Final Fantasy 16 is a mainline game, and then I think Rebirth is uh, another mainline it's, it's game. Basically, it's basically it's a mainline. Yeah, yeah, I view it as a mainline game. Um, no, no, yeah. No, when you put it when you put it that way, they are two mainline components. Yes, yeah, so I think I Final just, Fantasy experiences. I just just can't fathom that that happening. So that's why I keep forgetting that that game's coming out this year. But I think that I, I guess that's going to be their big holiday 
assuming it's still on track, that's probably going to be their big holiday game, right? Going back to my comment around Spider-Man. Yeah, and they don't want to. They don't want to like. That's why you haven't probably heard enough about it because you know their big push for the summer is sixteen, and then once you know a month or two after sixteen is out, is they'll probably start the marketing push, especially around TGS for um, the Rebirth or whatever it's called. I keep for, that's see I, you forget that it's coming out. I forget the name of it. If it's re, is it Reborn, it's, is it Rebirth? Is it? I think it's Rebirth. Yeah. <laughs> I know it starts with an R E, and that's yeah. it. But uh, yeah, I think that's when they'll they'll start a big marketing push around uh, TGS uh, just to get everybody hyped up. Not that they need to, but I'd love to see some footage. I still need to play Intergrade. Yeah, it's a, we got a big catalog, uh, back catalog. Yeah, no. the fucking that that epic game store version of Final Fantasy VII Remake is just no. so disappointing. <laughs> well, uh, hopefully somebody will maybe take it over and do their own integrate it'd be good uh all right uh moving on from that the last thing we want to talk about is the new teenage mutant ninja turtles game announced based on the last ronin uh for those unfamiliar the last ronin is a comic book well teenage mutant ninja turtles originally started as a comic book but it's uh it's a version of of the teenage mutant ninja turtles where there's only one turtle left alive and He's out for revenge. The gritty version of uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. It's a it's a good uh, comic, from what I hear. I haven't read it myself, but I have. Uh, I know a couple of people that have read it and they like it. Um, it is like I said, a grittier version. Um, you don't know who the turtle is that's alive. It because the turtle wields all the weapons that all the other turtles wield. So you don't know if it's Michelangelo, Leonardo, Raphael, or. Donatello. Michael. Did you see Michelangelo already? Yeah. Oh, you that was that? The okay. First one. Donatello. Okay, okay. Donatello was the one I was yeah. missing. Yeah. I was like, I gotta get it. I gotta Damn. get it. Don't do oh. a Starship Troopers. Yeah, I don't want to lose some credit with the fans. Um, but yeah, and it's it was announced by Paramount, uh, which is weird because I didn't even know they had a global division for games. Um, and they, it, they own the they own the Ninja Turtles IP. No, I know they own the Ninja oh, Turtles okay. IP. I just didn't know they had like a a game thing like they yeah, were yeah. Pushing then, games. yeah well it's kind of similar to disney where they they own a lot of ip and then they have a team internally that you know like yeah. either like license out the ip or will pull together projects to get to get games going um leveraging their ip so that's that's what that team is yeah and uh the comic itself is uh co-created by one of the original co-creators of the ninja turtles comics so I'm excited to see where this is going in terms of how they're going to treat it. Is it going to be good? I don't mind that it's gritty. I just hope it's not like super gritty where you're like, what the fuck? Man? I this love that it's super... gritty. The yeah. first, I mean, that's the, that's the graphic novel that the black it's and based white on. One. Yeah, yeah. It's, a, it's black and white. And I, I, I'm looking forward to it. I, maybe this is just like nostalgia, but uh, so when I was, as a kid, I was obsessed with the cartoon as I think basically every every kid was. Uh so absolutely obsessed with the cartoon. And then this was for for Christmas. My grandpa got me the the graphic novel, like not really knowing and you know, and he was like, Oh, Ninja Turtles, okay, let's, you know, here's a thing, let's Ninja Turtles, and then got and then so I have like the first ever like uh you know, gra- and then like if you actually read it, it's like 
again when I was a kid, I was like, "What the hell is this?" Because <laughs> it's like is it the turtles? black and white. It's more like they're I smoking, have, doing drugs, yeah, having sex. They're just, yeah, they're just doing all sorts of <laughs> shit. So, so it's like it was so funny to me at the time when I'm just like, "This is the turtles," but like, no, no, like that is the turtles. The the cartoon is the like kitty, you know, family friendly version of it. So. Um, but no, I'm, I think I'm definitely interested to see a game, like a more gritty games adaptation of the turtles. And I think it, I think it makes sense. The, the whole, like, you know, current version of God of war, that formula. And I was actually thinking about this as I was playing Ragnarok where I'm like, how come this formula like hasn't been copied more like i feel like are you talking about story wise or combat wise just the, the, like the combat like the, the core kind of combat mechanics of it um you know where it's like really close behind the back and you know and all that so because i feel like most of the copy and pasting of core game mechanics has really been like souls Soulsborne. like you just see a lot of those and and to me it's like i feel like god of war was just ripe for basically being like hey let's basically create that but just put a different ip on top of it and i, I just i don't think i've seen that many of them but I feel yeah it's like probably it's not good... it's probably not easy to do i think um because like remember you had the batman uh the arkham games fighting mechanic and i think that took over a lot of video games but it didn't always feel like good so i think maybe this that's one of the reasons that you don't see a lot of god of war type yeah, no, you're right. I think that's another in addition to Soulsborne, I think yeah, the Arkham the Arkham formula was one that was isn't there I think there's an actual a Turtles Yeah, there, there was a, uh, based on one of the CG animated ones. Which yeah. I which I was gonna say, and if if there's any franchises that like it's okay to go reboot or, or alternate timeline gritty type of thing, I think it is the Ninja Turtles. I mean we're old enough to know every different iteration of the of of them like you said the comics then you got the cartoons then you got like the arcade games then you got uh the other cartoons uh, nickelodeon like different versions of it then you have the movies uh, with the suits then you have the michael bay movies so like so many different iterations like it's okay we we accept whatever you bring us we'll we'll enjoy it and when it comes to the turtles there's such a a classic uh ip you know what i'm saying yeah so Look, look for that. I'm, uh, the only bad thing about this is I think it's at least two to three years oh, off. Oh, yeah, yeah. It's, just a, it's a ways off for sure. <laughs> Those bastards with their teases. <laughs> all right. Um, well, that does it for all the news we wanted to talk about. And then we're going to be moving on to some closing thoughts. I'll start it off. Uh, first thing I want to talk about is the League of Legends. And I talk about this. Yeah. Well, uh, I'll talk about the other stuff. But, you don't have uh, that in the notes? Well, because I, I thought it was too short. So, okay. first, first thing is League of Legends. As everybody knows, I'm a big League of Legends fan. And I like, I, I haven't been playing really that much this year. I think I only played like a couple games this year, which is strange. But I think that goes to show you how uh, it's been a strong year for video games because I got my mind kind of wrapped on. On other video games, but I do still keep up with the uh, pro leagues. And right now, it's the pre, uh, the spring playoffs going uh, before the MSI, the midseason invitational. And a lot of the games have been bangers, so I'm pretty excited for watching all that stuff. And then, as well as that, I've been watching some sports. Uh, you know it; it's March Madness. Been watching a lot of college basketball games. It's been pretty fun. A lot of good games. 
going down to the wire. A lot of teams that were favorites getting knocked out. It's kind of hap- uh, funny to see that, the underdogs winning. Some no-name school's going to probably win it all, and that's going to piss off a lot of people who are like, oh, no, it's not Duke or Kentucky or something. And I'm like, haha, or whatever. But, yeah. Uh, and then the other thing is we're going to be talking about two fours, and that's Resident Evil 4 and John Wick 4. Uh, so first, let's talk about John Wick 4. So we did a, a little boys' night out with Eddie Z and Ali McGee and Brooklyn Dad and uh, Nick and myself. We went out and saw John Wick 4. Amazing movie, I would say. It's the most ridiculous movie that I've ever seen, but also one of the greatest movies I've ever seen. Um, if if you know if you're not a into the the John Wick stuff, that's fine. But I think the the great thing about John Wick is it is what it is. You know, it's made by uh, a, uh, it's directed by a stuntman, a former stuntman, um, and all you see is action all the time. I think uh, we we discussed this that this is the one where he, I think he says like maybe fifty words in the whole movie, which is kind of funny, and it had its comedic elements. And Keanu Reeves, he's he's my boy. I loved him since uh, watching uh, Bill and Ted. I'm a big Bill and Ted fan. That was like one of the first movies I saw him in and I thought it was great. And in this one, um he did I think I read somewhere he did like eighty to ninety percent of his own stunts, which you can see it in the movie <laughs> because he doesn't He's he's you know, he's slowing down a little bit, but yeah. I still I still respect the effort. Yeah, I gotta give him the props because he was definitely kicking ass. There was a lot of ass kicking going on, a lot of shooting, uh good char- good new characters introduced. Donnie Yen does a great job. Um uh, Lance Reddick as well with with his uh, portrayal in the movie. Um, one of his final uh, portrayals in any sort of media. I think he's got a couple more movies and shows coming out, but one of the last few. And uh, um, Ian, Mc, Ian McShane, I believe. Ooh, I was going to say, I was going to say, do you know who plays yeah. <laughs> Watson? <laughs> Winston? Winston. Let's not even Ian, talk about your stupid Ian, joke. Ian McShane. <laughs> it wasn't a joke. It was just, I was just talking no, about one of the main characters. I'm talking about your stupid joke about what he drinks. Uh, let's not even talk about that. But anyways, fun. Ian McShane, uh, great job as well as the manager. Um, and Bill Skarsgård as, as uh, the main, I would say, bad guy of the movie. But John Wick, man, pretty fun. Uh, what, what were your thoughts on it? So I think I made a, a big mistake. Uh, I, I watched... Oh, I yeah. Watched, <laughs> yeah, I watched all... So... I knew for sure I had seen John Wick 1 and John Wick 2, and I was unsure whether I'd seen John Wick 3. And there was part of me that was just trying to get hyped for John Wick 4. I'm like, you know what? Let me just rewatch all the John Wick movies just to make sure I can catch like any, you know, Easter eggs or nods to the older movies. And and so, and then as I went through that, so then I, I watched John Wick 3 and I'm like, I did see this movie. <laughs> I, just, <laughs> I just forgot. I just forgot every, everything about it, basically. Uh, but by the time I got through the end of John Wick 3, I'm just like, I have seen so many people get shot in the head. And confirmed I'm... shot in the head. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, yeah. And then double, double confirmed uh, killed. Uh I was like, I was getting just like fatigued <laughs> by like the amount of killing that I was seeing. And so, so I kind of, so if I were to go back in history, I probably wouldn't recommend rewatching all the movies because what I, yeah, gained, that's a lot of killing. what I gained from 
you know, there wasn't much, right? Like it's like a pretty, a pretty cut and dry story, um, in, in each of the movies. So, um, so I don't think I gained that much by rewatching them. And then the only thing that I got was just like being like, okay, I'm kind of getting tired of seeing so many people get killed. And, and then in, in John Wick 4, like the movie is pretty long. I would say most of the fight scenes, they felt like they went on longer on average like they, I, think I think in they, the beginning like that there's a big setup where they're in tokyo i think that one to me was this like because that's when we noticed the most where it's like damn uh keanu reese is yeah. old <laughs> yeah uh you know so it was a lot of a lot of killing but we had a good time it was it was definitely i don't think i really laughed in the first three john Wick movies but in this one i was those are yeah those laughing some... quite a bit which i don't i don't know if they were planning for those to be funny moments i think it might have just been like so cheesy or the delivery of the dialogue was just like so ridiculous that it was like we couldn't help like i think we were the only people laughing in the theater (laughs) but also like i'm a big fan of like lore overall like anything that has a big lore or has this whole intricate history of the thing and the lore of the John Wick movies with the Continental and the high table and all that shit is the most ridiculous. But like, if you give me a book with all of the info on this shit, I would read the shit out of it and I would enjoy it. <laughs> what the, the I guess it didn't take as it didn't take place in New York as much as John Wick three. I think it was John Wick three or maybe no, maybe John Wick two. I can't remember. But one, one of the one and two were mostly in New York. Uh, three went wherever Halle Berry was. And yeah, this was one good... was mostly Paris. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so I guess maybe it wasn't too... But I just remember there being like... Okay, there's this like gunfights happening in like... At the like the Oculus. And just like people were just like walking around. Like like nothing. Like no one's reacting to like gun there's battles. No cu- there's no big news. Uh, all, yeah, all these like, all these like homeless people are like secretly assassins <laughs> so it's just got like, it's got so, it got so ridiculous but uh i don't know it's it's just like dumb fun um so i had a, I had a, you know it was it was a good time i think um people were asking me what i thought about the movie and like I, it's just like it's a dumb movie but it's it's just entertaining yeah, it you know the certain part like it's kind of the comp again the combat like drags on too much but what i was saying to people it's like if you watch the prior John Wick movies and you had an enjoyable time, you're gonna you're gonna enjoy this. Like it's it's like that's like the only real way I can recommend this to to, to people. I mean, yeah, we're not going in a John Wick movie and then expecting to contemplate the meaning of life when we get out of it. We're yeah. mostly gonna be like, all right, if we ever kill somebody, we'll make sure that they're dead by shooting them in the head, yeah. which you should do for zombies as well. But yeah. <laughs> um, the other thing we want to talk about with the closing thoughts is Resident Evil 4. Uh, we want to do like a big, big review of it since we're both playing it at the same time. You know, shocker. <laughs> we're playing uh, the same game. Um, but we, we're both really enjoying it. So we're going to do like a big review for next week's episode because we'll hopefully have finished it by then, both of us. And we can talk about it more in depth. But we just want to give our impressions so far. For me, I'm enjoying the game. It looks great. It runs great. I've had no uh graphical issues which is a big plus for me with the last couple of pc games i've bought that have been kind of disappointed in terms of performance but the, uh like we said last week uh capcom definitely nailed it 
Um, it translated from the demo, no, no issues here. Um, I had played Resident Evil before, but I never bought it again. Um, so I think that helps because there's some things I remember. Uh, I didn't remember the opening sequence with the cops. I didn't remember uh, how you met certain characters. So I'm enjoying that part of it to kind of like experiencing it again, but already having experienced it without knowing it. Um, and it just looks great. I'm having fun. Um, I think, uh, well, I don't have too much of that because I'm still on chapter, I just started chapter three and I was messing around more with the graphic stuff to kind of make it look as best as I could. Um, you, I think, said are in chapter 10. How, how's your experience that you're a little bit farther in? Loving it. Yeah, it's awesome. It run, runs great. I haven't fiddled with the, the PC settings too much because I just, I think basically everything is on high and it, it's pretty stable. Uh, I don't think they've implemented DLSS yet. There's, I think, a mod to try to enable it, but I just didn't want to. I didn't want to mess with it. Like it was running, running good enough. Like the game looks, the game looks unbelievable. Um, it's just super smooth. Uh, looks great. Um, maybe like a few stutters here and there, but I'm I'm chalking it up as a as a w for for re engine on pc so um just really impressed with with you know what i've been seeing uh and it was funny as i was playing through it uh because i think i've i've mentioned i've probably bought resident evil 4 like at least three times across all the different versions and, and systems that the game has been released on and my my memory of my experience was like basically getting it playing it for a little bit and like something happening like i don't know, maybe i got frustrated by the controls or i just or got spooked spooked by all the monsters i don't know no, like i don't well i was i was gonna get into that like for me this is a good balance of i'm not i'm not like so spooked out that i don't want to play it like it's like a good like it's not i don't know like it's it's hard to describe versus like some of the more recent resident evil games i'm just like I just can't, it's like too spooky for me for whatever reason. And I just like don't enjoy that. But I think for this, it's just, it's more of like an action. It's like an action game with, with some, with some horror elements. Uh, but I think it's, it's totally fine. Um, but yeah, no, as, as I was playing the game, I was like, holy shit, I actually got, I think I made it to, I can't remember which version it was, but I think I got to, I definitely remember getting to the church. Uh, again, this was probably like 10 years ago or something like that. So I was actually surprised by how much I played the game, but it still felt, you know, f- fresh and new. Um, and then everything past the church is basically the first time I've ever, ever experiencing that game. So, uh, but yeah, I think I think that's probably those are my initial impressions. Like it's just looks great. I love the mouse and I love playing with mouse and keyboard. I think it might make the game a little bit too easy because I'm basically like 100% headshotting everyone, with exception of bosses. Like the bosses can get a little a little tricky. So um, I think I might do my next playthrough on on the hardcore difficulty. Uh, yeah, I don't I think just, the the hardcore is like really hardcore in a sense. I thought it would be harder, but like I said, like we talked about before, I think it's more to do with 
with if you played the game before or not because i and i do have some pre-order like charms and stuff that i can find bullets easier so maybe i'm not struggling as much as i would without enough bullets mm-hmm. uh but yeah i mean it's just it's just this is awesome this is the fucking it's a video game like it's just very well executed like the pacing like all the chapters like it's just it's just it's just a great great package yeah i'm gonna Um, gonna have to look up an article after i'm done and seeing like what the new additions are and what's different from the original to to the remake because i think that would be really interesting to to find yeah and i know you're a big like collectathon gamer so i think you've probably already seen some of it but when you get deeper into the game there's definitely lots of side quests and yeah i've been uh, doing a lot of stranger side quests yeah exactly so so there's a lot of those uh, i think i've done all of them i might have missed one or, or whatever but like anytime i see one i do it uh so yeah there's just like i think i think a lot of that stuff is new to the game um in terms of just giving you incentives to go back uh the inventory system is like way better uh i just like it drove me insane having to like manually re- like going into the menu to have to change a weapon and then manually needing to like reorganize your so that you know they've solved all that stuff so i think there's just like lots of additions and quality of life things that just makes this like you know the guts of the game were already phenomenal but i think just like all these ways of tightening up the the gameplay it just it just makes it awesome so so i think it's you know i'll probably beat it you know either today or tomorrow and then I got to figure out, uh, I know I like to think that I'll try to go back into it and play at a harder difficulty, but we'll see, we'll see what, you know, I almost never do that with games, but we'll see if it actually happens with this one. But at a minimum, I'll, I'll definitely want to check out the mercenaries when that gets released. So yeah, man, this is definitely one of those where it deserves a, uh, it deserved a, a remake and remaster, especially uh, how great it did when it came out and how great it's doing now for new people to experience it. Um, all right. And that does it for us. Thank you for joining us on uh, this episode of Pressing Buttons. Make sure you follow us on Twitter and Instagram and join our Discord through our website, pressingbuttons.gg. Uh, bring the community up. Uh, and... That's it for me. You guys have a good week. I'm Hugo. Bye. I'm Nick. Later. Thanks for joining us on episode 58 of Pressing Buttons. The show is produced and edited by Nick and myself. Our awesome music is composed by Leila and our show is done by D-Pass Design. Don't forget to give us a rating and subscribe to the show wherever you get your podcasts. See you on the next episode.